0: Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> Paul recorded in several of his epistles how he prayed for the believers. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, he gives us a little glimpse into what he prayed for the believers. At Colossi, verse 9 of Colossians 1, we begin reading, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom ...of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him all things are created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers... All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So Paul shares his heart what he's praying for the believers there. And he said, I want you to know God's will. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to be strengthened, to have patience. And then he says in verse 12, that I want you to be giving thanks unto the Father. And then he goes on and he lists some reasons to give thanks. He's delivered us from the power of darkness put us into the kingdom of the Son of, of God and and he deals with that aspect. It's an interesting thing how how often um, research and science confirms over and over again the truth of God, the reality of God and the ways of God. We sometimes are led to believe that faith and science are enemies to each other. They aren't. The more we, science is observing what happens and making note and seeing the laws and the principles that obtain. Well, when we understand that all things were created by God and by him all things consist, when we observe and see we're going to be observing the handiwork of God. And the more we learn, we're living in interesting days because we are learning more about the brain because of modern technology than has ever been known about the brain before. And we're learning about um, the realities of various practices in our life, the impact that they have on us. In a study of more than 1,000 people ranging in age from 8 to 80, they found that those who practiced this one principle had stronger immune systems, less bothered by aches and pains, had lower blood pressure, they exercised more and took better care of their health, they sleep longer and feel more refreshed upon waking. No, it isn't eating kale, okay? Just to give you... To... They also found psychologically that they had higher levels of positive emotion. They were more alert, alive, and awake. They had more joy and pleasure in their life. They were more optimistic and, and had more happiness. Socially, they found that they were more helpful, generous, and compassionate. They were more forgiving, more outgoing, and they felt less lonely and isolated. Researchers from the University of California conducted a study with three groups. They had one group write down the things that irritated them that day, The second group wrote down all the things they were grateful for. And the third group wrote down just general observations about their day. Not surprisingly, group two, the one that wrote down what they were grateful for, consistently proved to be more optimistic, content with life, and even more physically fit. All of these benefits... Come as a result of being grateful. I mean, think of that. Think of all the things in a study of over a thousand people. And and as I as I, I was studying this, I thought, Wow, why can't we just believe God when He says, In everything give thanks? But it seems like wow you got this benefit and this and and I'll be happier and and less bothered by aches and pains and stronger immune system and so on and so forth. I I get a email newsletter type thing from Wrestling Mindset um because I believe the things that are key to wrestling physically I can learn principles from that and and apply to my wrestling spiritually and the same mindset. So I, I get this email this week and I open it up and it says, wrestling mindset principle number one is I am thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. It went on and said, you can apply this to every area of your life. A common theme among the happiest and holiest, and now some of the best wrestlers, they said, are people that possess an attitude of gratitude. They take time to think about and even write down the things they are grateful for. And they went on and said, we try, the number one principle is we try to teach them to be thankful, first of all, for the opportunity to wrestle. They're making it an application there. God really places a high value on gratitude and the giving of thanks. Now think about it. If We were to ask people to write on a piece of paper what first comes to mind when they think of you. What do you think people would write down? Would they write down a spirit of gratitude? Would they write down... They. I've never met anyone with a more thankful spirit. Or would they write down they complain about everything and nothing meets their fancy and or what would they write down what are you and I knowing for i i would challenge you to do a study of of gratitude and thanksgiving from the scripture and you will come away that god wants every Christian to be known for giving of thanks. We read in Colossians chapter 1 that he prayed that you would be giving thanks. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7. Again, he's asking them that they would be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, Abounding with thanksgiving. Overflowing with thanksgiving. Turn to Psalm 26 and I, I want, I invite you to turn to these or scroll to them or tap to them or whatever you do to get to them. Psalm 26 and notice verse 7. The psalmist said that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving And tell of all thy wondrous works. Turn over to Psalm 30 and verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Give thanks for His holiness. Look at Psalm 69 and verse 30. I will praise the name psalm sixty nine and verse thirty. I will praise the name of God with song and will magnify him with thanksgiving look at psalm seventy nine and verse thirteen so we psalm seventy nine thirteen so we thy people. And the sheep of thy pasture will give thee thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. Go back to Colossians again. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks while you're doing it. It, it should flow from our lives. Notice if you'd look in 1st Thessalonians, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5. First Thessalonians five eighteen says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. But notice Ephesians chapter five and verse twenty. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you get the point? These are just samplings, sprinklings of all the exhortations. That we ought to be overflowing with thanksgiving. As Christians, we should be known as those that are grateful, those that have a, a spirit of thankfulness. Thanksgiving should be flowing from our life. I mean, we all know people that when you see them coming, it's like, oh boy. Here comes a dark cloud. You know, you know people that you, you almost hesitate asking them, how are you today? Because you'll get a medical record that goes on and on and on. You know what I mean? And some are saying, well, if you didn't want to know how I was, then don't ask, right? But the reality is, what flows out of us? I mean, as Christians... We serve a different master and a better master. So that means we should be grateful that we have a better master. It should be manifested in how we respond. And the reality of it is very important for us that as Christians, this becomes a way of life with us. So we ask, what hinders Our gratitude. Number one I'd say would be pride. We think we deserve something. We well what's why should I be so grateful about this? I deserve it. I I worked hard for it. I mean, it's easy for us in particular as Americans, to to have a sense that I ought to have all these things. But we think we deserve something. Secondly, that hinders our gratitude is thoughtlessness. We, we just don't think about the gifts that God has given us. We've seen in James, every good and every perfect gift, comes from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness. We don't think about it until it's taken away, right? We don't think about our eyesight until we're no longer able to see. We don't think about our health until we don't have health. We don't think, and a big part of it is we don't think, actually think about, okay, God, what have you blessed me with today? You've heard before, thankfulness, its origin goes back to the word thankfulness. You can't give thanks if you don't think. And it's taking the time to pause and say, God, thank you. Look at this that you have given. Our gratitude is hindered by comparison. We compare And look at others, well, they have that, and look at the car they're driving, or look at this. And so it makes us ungrateful for what we have. God has dealt with every one of us in different ways. And if I'm going to look at others, what they have or don't have compared to me, we'll never develop an attitude of thankfulness that God desires us to have. Another thing that hinders our gratitude is we focus on self and not on God. You can't help but be grateful when you focus on God. When you focus on self, you won't, you won't be very grateful. Self never has enough. It's never good enough for self. It's never sufficient. And when, when it's about me, I will not have a spirit of gratefulness. I will not have a, an attitude that is, is overflowing with thanksgiving. Similar to a focus on self is we're earthly minded. We're, we're earthly minded. Do you understand, in this life, everything breaks down, blows up, rusts out, caves in, falls apart, gets lost, fades or wrinkles, becomes outdated, and cannot be held on to? Now, that's something to give thanks for, isn't it? If our focus is on this earth, it's all slipping through our fingers. It's all breaking down. It's all falling apart. And our major theme will be Murphy's Law. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. It's breaking down, falling apart, blowing away, whatever. But as a Christian, this world is not our home. And and we are often too earthly-minded And it just saps the spirit of thanksgiving right out of us. And then, most importantly, our gratitude is hindered because many are lost. Lost spiritually. You cannot have a genuine spirit of gratefulness when your soul does not know where its eternal home is. And if, if we are not a child of God, we will never be able to be overflowing with thanksgiving. We will never, because deep inside us, there is that lack of peace. There is that lack of security that only comes by knowing I am trusting Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of my sin. And his payment for sin paid it fully and completely. And if we don't know that, we'll never really have a, a spirit of overflowing gratefulness. As believers, as believers, we can always be thankful. And I'm just going to list seven things here. It says in Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. There comes life situations that if you look at the life situations, you won't be able, point blank, in that alone to rejoice. But we can always rejoice in the Lord. And let me just list seven things. We can always be thankful as a believer that, number one, I am a child of God. What can separate me from the love of God? Romans 8 says nothing. Tribulation, persecution, distress, famine, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And as we have called, we know definitely we have called upon the Lord Jesus Christ... For the forgiveness of sins, the Spirit of God dwells within us. We know His working in us. There's confirmation of the fruit in our lives that we are a child of God. Always we can say, God, thank you no matter what happens. I am your child. I have a home in heaven. You are my Father. And secondly, we can give thanks that I will never be totally alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13.5 says. When we build our relationship with God, when we have that fellowship with Him, and to know that I may be alone in this world at times, but I am never totally alone. He promises to walk with me. He promises to shepherd me. He promises to never leave me nor forsake me. Number three, I can always be thankful because I know that all things will work together for good as I love God and are committed to his purpose. Romans eight, twenty eight and twenty nine. Does it mean I see how things will work together? No. But I can give thanks because I know God is at work and, and he is putting all of this together. And when I see his finished product, it will be good. It may not be pleasant to us right now, but someday we know that it will be good. So I can, I can rejoice That all things will work together for good. Number four, I can rejoice that God's grace is abundant. In recent weeks, we mentioned that every situation that comes into our life, God gives His grace. He makes it available. And we're never going to be able to say, God, this situation that came into my life, I went and appropriated Your grace, and it just wasn't enough. I ran out. I I really don't like the translation, God's grace is sufficient, because to us, sufficient means just enough to barely get by. Did you have enough funds this last month? Yeah, they were sufficient. In our minds, generally speaking, it means, yeah, we just barely got by. God's grace is abundant, God's. There is always more grace available for every situation than we will ever need. And I can give thanks that, wow, this came into my life. I thank you, God, that you are making your grace available to me, to strengthen me, to empower me. God's grace is the empowering of God that is at work in my life to enable me to do His will. And I never will be able to stand before God and say, God, you did not, you did not give me what I needed. We may stand before Him and say, God, I did not appropriate your, all the grace you gave me, and so I didn't have what I needed. But we'll never be able to say, God, there wasn't grace there for that situation. We can always give thanks. God, I, I know whatever comes today, whatever comes tomorrow, your grace is abundant. Number five, we can always give thanks that God intimately knows my situation. Go read Psalm 139, and your heart ought to be filled with thanksgiving. He knows my down-sitting, my uprising. He understands my thought afar off. He knows your burden. He knows your frame, how much you can take. See, um, we've, most of us have been in situations where we've loaded a pickup or loaded a trailer with really maybe a little more than the frame could take. God never puts an overload on his children. He knows our frame. He knows us intimately. And we can always give thanks. You're never going to have to go to God and say, God, do you know what happened here? God knows every detail. intimately knows every thought. Knows how many hairs are on your head. He intimately, you don't know yourself as well as God knows you. And so you give thanks. God, I'm thankful that I'm not just a number in this sea of humanity, but you intimately know me. It is though as though I were the only person on the face of the earth. That's how we are with God. So we can give thanks to that. Number six, give thanks that God never makes a mistake. In our mind, it may seem like a mistake, but as for God, Psalm 1830, His ways are perfect. He never makes a mistake. And then number seven, give thanks that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come when I walk through heaven's gates. The first time we see Jesus, the songwriter said, I can hardly wait. The reality is, read the book of Revelation and come to the end, Revelation 21, and read what heaven is going to be like. The best is yet to come. Not necessarily... Speaking of this life. But we know as a believer, as a child of God, I can give thanks that I know ultimately the future is bright to a child of God. So see, this should separate us from, from the average person, from the reality, I am a child of God. I always have this well of things in my life producing thankfulness. Oh, sure, the car may break down, and and this may happen, and this may... But there's always this relationship with God that produces these things that I can always be thankful. So he says that every Christian should be known by giving of thanks... We've seen what hinders it. We've seen what we can be thankful for. So what do we do about it? Here's some very practical things to do. Number one, review your testimony of salvation and give thanks for your salvation. I mean, when's the last time you actually thought about the events that led to your salvation And the people that God used to bring you to salvation and the Spirit of God drawing you to salvation and went back and reviewed that and said, God, thank you for saving my soul. There is no telling where any of us would be today were it not for that. And I firmly believe that we do not review our salvation near enough as believers and you have individuals that God used to plant seeds in your life, and they're still alive, I'd encourage you to give them a call or send them a text or write them a letter and say, hey, I just want to thank you for being faithful and planting the seed. You you played an important part in my salvation. But to review When did you come to know Christ as Savior? When did you go from being condemned already to being pardoned? When did you go from darkness to light? And to think about that and review that, and as you do say, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. God, thank you for the fact that I no longer walk in darkness. And then, in order to build an overflowing life of thanksgiving, build your relationship with God. Thankfulness overflows if we have deep roots in Jesus Christ and our lives are built on Him. It all, it all comes from a relationship with Him. This morning in the Home Builders class, it talked about that we've been in a six-week series on learning to cherish our spouse. And they use the analogy that the Niagara Falls just continues this overwhelming amount of water that just continues to flow. How does it continue to flow? Well, it's fed by five huge, huge lakes. For us to overflow with thanksgiving, it must be fed by a walk with God's Spirit. It must be fed a personal walk with God that we're feeding on the Word and we're coming to the, these truths and that produces thanksgiving. If you leave here today and you say, boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be a more grateful person because I want my immune system to be stronger. If you do it in and of yourself apart from a growing dependent fervent love for God you're not going to reap the benefits that God intended. And you won't be able to do it. It comes through a personal relationship with God. And as as we build that and understand that personal relationship with God The more I know Him, the more I'll give thanks for Him. The more I I know His ministry in my life, the more humbled I'll be and the more I'll give thanks to Him. So build your relationship with God. Number three, keep a gratitude journal. Write down, take time every day just to write down, what am I thankful for today? See, this is part of developing a thankful spirit. What am I thankful for today? And, and as you do that, you will learn to look for things to be thankful for rather than things to gripe about. It's so easy to gripe. It's so easy to complain. But are we looking for things to give thanks for? To, to keep a journal just where you write down. Take time in your personal time. See if you'll, you'll build your relationship with God in your personal time. Take time to write down, what am I thankful for today? What did, what did God show me yesterday? What am I thankful for? And then number four, express your gratitude to God and others. It's important that we express our gratitude. Expressing our gratitude has a positive effect in every direction of our life. Expressing gratitude motivates people. It leads to better relationships and better overall health. And... God told us to do it. To praise the Lord continually. To express our gratitude. Don't wait until they're in the casket to express gratitude for what you appreciated about them. I mean, we have no, no excuse. We can call, we can text, we can write a note, we can meet them face to face. Hey, I really appreciate you. For such and such. But it takes expressing our gratitude. Express it to God. You might say, Well, I'm thankful in my heart. Nobody knows you're thankful. Have you told God? God, thank you. Or is it God, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? When's the last time you said, God, thank you so very much for such and such? Every good gift comes from God. And then to express thanks. I mean, especially in this day and age, you run into it. Let me be a little more positive than I was going to be. Okay, when you run into someone that's competent, tell them, thank you. You know, they, they had, they served you at the place of business. They smiled. They were helpful. When you messed up and put the card in the chip reader and there was a sign that says, our chip reader is not working, they politely said, sorry, you're going to have to slide it. And you said, oh, thanks. What would happen if every Christian started saying, hey, thanks for doing your job so well. Wow. What would happen if we'd really start overflowing with thanksgiving? We have no trouble complaining when the fries are a little cold, or when the egg is lacy, or when things are not exactly like we want it. When's the last time you praised someone for what they did? And said, I just want to thank you. Man, I I noticed you're doing a good job there. Thank you for the way, you know, it really gets touchy when you get into in-laws, doesn't it? To praise an in-law? I don't know about that, you know. Thank you for the way you go to work and work every day. And support your wife and family, not just in-laws. You know what? There, there's people in this church. You, all, everybody gets tired of life, right? Oh, I don't want to do this tomorrow. To just say, man, I am thankful that you're faithful in doing your job. I'm thankful you're faithful. Can you imagine the? The oil that that would provide in all these, we got a bunch of. Well, this isn't going to. We got a bunch of nuts that are frozen down, and they need the penetrating oil of PB Blaster or WD-40 to loosen some things up so that it works. And you know what it would be? That it'd be Thanksgiving and gratitude. Just a word of encouragement. And if anybody should be doing it, and and God help us, if you're sitting here today thinking, I sure hope somebody provides me that encouragement. You're missing the boat. You're the one that's supposed to provide it. We have a relationship with God. We are walking with God. We know where we're going. We know who's with us. We know our sins are forgiven. And man, we should be making a difference in this world. We should be squirting the oil on all these nuts. There you go, right? We should be the ones that that people are refreshed when they see us coming. Oh man, I I love seeing them come in the store. Or is it like, whoa, they're coming in, I, I better go to the back room. How do they respond to us? And we ought to be overflowing with thanksgiving. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I I sat in amazement. I thought, I really believe that... um this wrestling mindset has a, a biblical foundation behind it, but they don't, they don't put that, they don't say we're a Christian wrestling mindset. They're just, they're out there to help wrestlers succeed. But they said, you know what? Learning to be thankful for the opportunity God has given you And they said it's a common theme among the happiest and the holiest people. It should be a common theme in our life, a life of thanksgiving. Heavenly Father, I pray that our relationship with you would be so strong and fervent and growing that a grateful spirit would flow out of our lives. Lord, forgive me, forgive us, for not just complaining, but then lacking the thankfulness. A spirit of gratefulness. Lord, What more do you need to do in our lives that we would become grateful? You you can't do anymore. And so I pray that we truly would turn our focus to you, building our relationship with you. I pray that we would think about the gifts that you have given us. And express a spirit of gratefulness. And Lord, ultimately, I pray if there is one here today that cannot go and review their experience, their testimony of receiving you as personal Savior because they've never done it, Lord, I pray today they would come to call upon you for the forgiveness of sins, and go from darkness to light, to go from death to life. So Lord, if I, I pray, if there's one here that never could really write on paper about their salvation, Lord, I pray today they would say yes to you. I pray for every believer that we would be missionaries sent forth, overflowing, abounding, With thankfulness, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.